Welcome everybody to the King of Games 1992 Championship Edition. Brought to you by the Retro Hangover Podcast and uh, filling in the nice, comfy host seat today. This thing is fucking plush, man, Chris. I know I know why you like sitting mm. in it so much now. Uh, it's going to be me. Oh, I don't. <laughs> it's going to be me, Arnie, from formerly from the Region Free Gamers Podcast. Uh, but thankfully, I have been I have been reemployed <laughs> on the podcast circuit just for the short stint. But obviously, you can't do a podcast on your own. Like people do it, but like it's not it's not good. Like I I know of no person who <laughs> listens to like a single person podcast. You know what I mean? You know, there's a ton of podcasts part of this group that do single person podcasts. <laughs> oh shit! Well, there are exceptions, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> he wouldn't know because he doesn't listen to them. <laughs> oh god damn it <laughs> i was more thinking of like i don't know fucking lore or something like that <laughs> like <laughs> like actually like millionaire people who like come sit down like conan o'brien or some shit like that all right yes the common folk make great single podcasts <laughs> yeah exactly all right but that all to say that i am obviously joined by two Beautiful, beautiful co-hosts that are going to help me struggle through the rest of this goddamn shit because clearly <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, and we're going to start off with the one, the only Chris Copeland of the Retro Hangover Podcast. Chris, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic and I'm happy I'm not hosting because if this was not you, it'd be me sounding a little rusty right now. Yeah, but putting uh, your foot in your mouth. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just saying, hey, man, it's great to have you hosting this show and uh, great to great to have you back on the pod scene, even if it is temporary. So thanks for doing this, dude. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, man. Looking forward to this King of Games 92. Like I said in the first episode, this is really exciting and happy to have all these additional pods here, like yep. someone you're about to introduce right now. Absolutely. And as I try to shake off the rust a little bit more, uh, obviously our second co-host, my first time you know, co-hosting with, but I'm very excited to get to know him a little bit more if he doesn't completely, you know, fucking despise me at this point, uh, is Adam from <laughs> the, the Bad in the Backlog. Adam, how are you doing? I am very well, thank you. I am feeling honored to be included among the esteemed panel of judges for the King of Games 92 and fulfilling your diversity quota for Australians and homosexuals. I'm going to, I'm very much looking forward to checking in with you further into this process to see if your answer has changed about how excited you are about it. <laughs> I'm always <Yes>. excited. <laughs> Unless it's first thing in the morning and then I'm, I'm fucking dead. <laughs> Excitement turns to anger oh. very fast. Oh, yeah. Um, Hopefully not after this episode. Yeah. Well, the source of that anger is obviously the games that we're going to be talking about, right? Like, the this is the fun part. Is like, oh, shit, we're, like, getting to know each other. Like, oh, yeah, look at all these people that I love and, like, are going to clearly make the decisions that I'm going to make when it comes to these video games, right? But then you get to the actual games, and that's when things get a little tricky. So what games are we talking about today? Well, I'm actually very excited because we're talking about two RPGs, which... You know, historically a genre that I enjoy a lot. I don't know if you guys enjoy it as much as I do, but these are RPGs that I've not really, I don't have a ton of experience with. So I'm actually really interested in getting to dissect them a little bit more because now that I have gotten into them, I have thoughts and I have to obviously 
express them somehow. Uh, so that's why we're podcasters. That's right. I can't I can't keep my thoughts inside of myself like it's a problem. But we're going to start off with who I believe to be sort of the the overdog, right? Like the big dog on campus, uh, at least in this matchup. And that is Final Fantasy V, a.k.a. Final Fantasy V, released December 6th, 1990 dose, uh, developed by Square, published by Square. I'm, are you shocked? Like it's Final Fantasy? Got a got a, a game rankings aggregate score of sixty six percent, which I was shocked when I saw these notes, Chris. I was like, I think Chris misspe- like put a six where there's supposed to be a nine. Um, but yeah, no, that'd be like, nice. I know, right? Sixty nine percent. That's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, a little bit kinder on the game fact score, but only barely just so, like a 3.3 out of 5. Uh, the user mm-hmm. score, much nicer, 4.09 out of 5. Uh, Famitsu gave it a 34 out of 40. I mean, what, is, what does that mean? You know, like, I feel like Famitsu's all over the place with their shit. Like, sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, you guys nailed it. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know why Nintendogs has, like, a perfect Famitsu score. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. They like dogs and waifus. I mean, <laughs> that's that's what Nintendo Dogs has is a ton. Hopefully of not dog waifus, but you, know, you never know. <laughs> that's what the touchpad uh, is for, so you can pat your dog waifus. <laughs> Everyone loved it. I got this damn <laughs> this Sharpay is killing it right now, man. I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah, I just bought some lingerie for my golden retriever. <laughs> Uh, Sorry. (laughs) No, no, you're fine. Uh, Sold 2.5 million copies, which is even more impressive when you think about the fact that it never actually released outside of Japan. So we're talking pretty significant numbers, especially for a a Super Nintendo RPG. 17th best-selling Super Nintendo game of all time and the second best-selling game in Japan of the year 1992. You know, I gotta be honest, I've never played Final Fantasy V. Like... It's Mm. one of those that, like, just never sort of made its way across my radar. But I think that Chris has extensive experience with Final Fantasy V. So, Chris, can you sort of give me a little bit of an overview of, like, what's your take on Final Fantasy V, like, just in general? Uh, Yeah, sure. So, if if you go back to when this game came out, of course, over in the United States... For the most part, right, except for maybe game journalists and in, in the highest of gaming magazines, had no idea about the Final Fantasy numbering convention because we had just gotten Final Fantasy II, which everyone knows now is Final Fantasy IV. Yep. But so Final Fantasy V was a secret. We we didn't know about it until the glorious age of emulation and piracy and yarring with eye patches on the internet came out around 96, 97. And then we finally knew that Final Fantasy V was here, especially Final Fantasy VII. We, we had to learn that the numbering convention was a lie. We were lied to mm-hmm. forever and it was a shocking revelation. We can never trust Squaresoft again until we did. <laughs> so what what we got with Final Fantasy V, especially back then, is that was one of the first games to ever get a fan translation. And that was mm-hmm. really the only way to play it. So you're not going to get any major review outlet covering this game because the only way you could play it was playing it illegally and gaming Mm. journalism is all about access journalism so you don't want to upset square who at that time was square ea 
one of the biggest gaming monoliths at the time, especially after Final Fantasy VII. So, yeah, you're not going to touch Final Fantasy V unless you're playing an original SNES version. And so by the time they could actually review the game, you had, you know, like Final Fantasy V Advance. You had, Mm -hmm. you know... um, The PlayStation port. The PlayStation version, which is horrendous, by the way. But, like, (laughs) it's... So I think that's what's going on because the scores for aggregate are all retrospective, like well after the fact. They're going back and they're like, yeah, this is what the SNES version is, but you should probably play the GBA version because, you know, the GBA version is there and it's a it's a great version of the game. The definitive Super Nintendo console, the Game Boy Advance. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, It did not the switch. It's the GBA by far. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. (laughs) So what you what you're getting with Final Fantasy five is you're getting a game that when it came out in Japan was it was still chasing Dragon Quest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it still kind of did chase Dragon Quest, but this is when Final Fantasy started to approach a parody with the series, as you could see in the sales, like two and a half million copies, which was only like 300,000 behind Dragon Quest V. And Dragon Quest V is Japan's premier JRPG, or Dragon Quest the series is the premier series mm-hmm. in Japan, at least at that point. So Final Fantasy V really broke that ceiling in terms of JRPGs for the Japanese market. And I think that's why Square wanted to localize it. Of course, they never did. They wanted to. They, they were going to call it Final Fantasy Hardcore or some stupid shit like that. Uh, I'm glad yeah. they didn't call it that. No, I mean, that would have been Grandia, Grandia did it with Grandia Extreme, and we know what happened to that series. So <laughs> I, I'm glad they didn't do that. Uh, they were also going to try and port it to the PC for a little bit. And that yeah. didn't work out. And then you had the PlayStation version and that they just should have used the fan translation because they made fair. They were they had Ferris remind you how you should actually be playing that game because of how much she talked like a pirate. So <laughs> you're you're looking at a you're looking at a game that that is really significant because it did perfect the job system. It's not the first game to have a job system. Final Fantasy. That was the first one. And then to have really a, a more fluid job system, you have Final Fantasy three. And I wouldn't even say it's the most adaptable job system because Final Fantasy Tactics definitely blows that out of the water as well in terms of how much you can do with the system. But it is Mm -hmm. still very unique, and it is still a game that has has a large following and really appreciates this game. And I was really shocked when I looked up the aggregate score as well, especially retrospectively. But again, I think that was just more of the Super Nintendo game. Mm -hmm. Uh, And with with the Game Boy Advance game as a reference. So um, I don't know. It's... It's an interesting take looking at it today, especially with the mindset that this game never came out in the West. It was locked into one region, and the only way you could experience was essentially five to six years later through a PC and a zip drive. I mean, that's a that's a great sort of primer for people who haven't played this, which I'm assuming is going to be a decent amount of people, because I think even with the subsequent ports, I personally, at least, this was never one that was like talked about at all. Like I... I never knew like a Final Fantasy V head who was like, oh, dude, like Final Fantasy V, that's the one, man, <laughs> you know? Um, right. But Adam, I, I don't know. I feel like you might be like myself in that you haven't played it as much as others, but let me know if I'm wrong, please. Well, I mean, I haven't finished it, but I've definitely played it. And like for a while, I was one of those people that was like, Final Fantasy V is the best one because it's got oh, the job yeah, system. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, this is fucking sweet. Oh, I'm going to be a berserker. Berserkers are the best class. Um, (laughs) Sure. That's a joke because apparently (laughs) shit. But uh, I 
like Chris, came across this when I was doing the whole emulation thing and being like Faris, being a pirate. Yar. I, yeah. So I, I actually don't even remember what year this was, but it was like I was in high school. So I just binged all of the Final Fantasies I could get my hands on. And um, yeah. being in Australia, we, well, you know, this didn't come out of Japan, but being in Australia and especially most RPGs didn't come out here. So it was like emulation was the only way. And I mm -hmm. played pretty much any of them I could get my hands on. Uh, Final Fantasy V especially, I quite enjoyed. I actually, for a long time, preferred over six. So that's uh, a bit sacrilegious, I know, but uh, <laughs> that's my history. <laughs> I, I actually have a question, since both of you seem to have sort of dabbled in Final Fantasy emulation. I also <laughs> dabbled in Final Fantasy emulation, and it feels like that was the game to emulate like when yeah. you get a when you got a like when I got Z S N E S like my uh, Super Nintendo emulator of choice. Uh, Final Fantasy three slash six was like the first game I ran on it. I was like, oh my god, now I can finally suplex this train on my PC. <laughs> um, and it was it just seems like a series. I mean, it just in, as a whole, it just seems like such an easy series to access right like that was to me was always the beauty of final fantasy it was like the rpg players rpg like dragon quest was also that probably to a larger extent for more people but it just didn't have the pull at least in my sort of sphere as final fantasy did like everybody knew final fantasy i didn't find out about dragon quest till i was much older but final fantasy 5 is like not the game I feel that like you want to start out with if you're looking for like a nice light breezy RPG. Like that's the thing about five that freaks me the fuck out. And also the thing that I really enjoy is that I'm like, oh, this is like the ultimate like RPG players RPG. Like it's so customizable. It's so like player friendly as far as like, how do you want to play? How do you want to build your party? Like you can really go all in on it. At least that's the impression that I get. Like, is that accurate at all, Chris? Or am I like sort of reading too much into it. Uh, in a sense, you're you're not wrong. This is not the first Final Fantasy game I'd recommend for anyone to play just because there are complications to the system that you do need to understand in order to get maximum enjoyment out of it. So if you go in and you don't know anything about this game, you're just going to pick your favorite classes and then midway through the game, you're going to be completely distraught as to why the fuck you cannot make it past the stupid <laughs> fucking tree boss. But if you do know something about the game, you go in, you do know how to place your your job skills into various jobs and how to absolutely take advantage of this game you're going to have a phenomenal time so like when we were doing the four job fiesta which is an event uh that you get assigned four jobs and your characters have to stay those jobs for the entirety of the game once you get them so once you get a crystal because every single crystal unlocks a job and you get more jobs mm -hmm. as you unlock more crystals in accordance with the plot okay you only get those four jobs. And I think Shane, that was the first time he played Final Fantasy V and he absolutely fucking hated it because he didn't know how to take <laughs> advantage of every single job. And I don't blame him. I'd fucking hate the shit too. But if you go in and you go in with more of a open mind, you do go in with a customizable mindset and how you can just exploit the game because the game begs to be exploited. So if you're willing to do that, and that's something, especially at the time, that a lot of RPGs and JRPGs in general just didn't ask of the player because it was just very straightforward. Like you get to the next level, you get stronger, you get the spells the game gives you. And Final Fantasy V wasn't like that. So I, I think if you go back to it now, I think 
there's less intimidation as long as you know that going into it because the plot itself is a lot more lighthearted. It's a lot more straightforward. It's not complicated at all. It's a very breezy story, much in the same vein that a Dragon Quest is, especially compared to four and six just around it. So if you if you're saying like it's it's intimidating, it's definitely not from a plot standpoint because it's generic is is all get out. It's the gameplay that that's the that's the intimidation, but it's it's very easily circumnavigatable if you've had any experience with JRPGs in general. Yeah, it, it's I, I think it, it's an RPG that sort of asks me to color outside the lines, and that is terrifying to me because I don't ever want to be held responsible for making the wrong choice. You know what I mean? Like, I want the game to be yeah. like, you get here's what you get and do the thing with this thing. It's not like, here's 17 things, pick three of them that work. And I'm like, oh, shit, like... No, this is I, you're putting it on me now. Like, I don't like that. Uh, what about you, Adam? Like, did you find that it was pretty accessible? Like, where was it like I know you never finished it and I'd like to get more into that later. But was it something that like, did you enjoy like the customizability of it? Yeah, I actually completely disagree with you guys. I think it is one of the more accessible of the Final Fantasies, like okay. just from the mindset of at least when I was a younger person when I was playing it for the first time, like the customizability and the fact that I can pick any of these jobs once they're unlocked was sort of like, I don't know, it had like that experimental aspect to it. And it wasn't something that was intimidating to me. It was something more like something more creative, like, um, like a Minecraft or something. Like you can do what you want. You can pick your own jobs. You can, you know, if I want to be four black mages, I'll be four black mages. And I'll just run around the starting area and level them up and gain new skills and stuff. And it had like that that aspect of um, satisfaction where every time I get a new skill and a new job or something like that, it was a, a reward and you're rewarded for the grinding. And uh, I know everybody hates grinding in RPGs, but I fucking love grinding. It is one of the most satisfying things to me, especially if I'm just sitting there zoning out. I can grind for hours, level up jobs, and Final Fantasy V gave me exactly that. And like Chris was saying, it's um, a very lighthearted story, so I don't feel like it's asking too much of the player to really commit to um, memorizing, you know, or even really paying attention to what's happening. So I just jump in, go from point A to point B, level up all these jobs, and I was having a sweet time. So there's clearly layers to this onion, which we will continue to peel, but now I want to shift focus to... <laughs> if, if Final Fantasy V is the overdog, this is, I would think, the the under-underdog. Uh, not to say that, you know... I think it's any lesser of a game. In fact, I, I actually have a lot more thoughts about this particular game, which is Final Fantasy Mystic Quest or Final Fantasy USA, I believe, is the Japanese title. Is that right, Chris? Did I fuck that up? Uh, Final Fantasy USA Mystic Quest, yes. Ah, yes. All right. Uh, this one, also game rankings aggregate score 67%. What the fuck, man? Like, what is it with these, like, Final Fantasy games getting these, like, middle-ish scores? I don't like that. It's nineties. Um, I it really is like I. You would think they they're spoiled for choice. Like, come on, guys, what the fuck? Uh, and the I mean the contemporaneous scores don't really do it any favors. Like EGM scored at twenty nine out of forty. Famitsu scored at twenty three out of forty, which is you know Game Master seventy five percent. All right, we're getting we're getting something. Uh, Nintendo Power three point seven two five. Okay, that is 
too many fucking points away from the decimal. Like you get <laughs> I love two, those decimals. That's that is it. And Electronic Games gave an eighty six percent. 800,000 copies sold worldwide. Uh, half of them in Japan, half of them the rest of the world. You know, I, I gotta say, Chris, you made me play this game. Indirectly, you forced okay. my hand into finally playing this game. And I was kind of stoked, because I've always wanted to play Mystic Quest, but it's it's like a secret shame. Like, I don't want people to know that I chose to voluntarily play Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. I'll take the, so I'll take I the blame. I, I know. Now I can just say, oh, no, this is for a podcast, dude. Like, pff, I'm totally my fault. This. I'm a big totally boy. It. Like, I play big boy RPGs. Like, this is for babies. Like, what? What? Um, I, I actually <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Like, and the, the reason I think I really enjoyed it is because it was always sort of pitched to me as like, this is like I said, this is a child's RPG. Like, you can't lose this game. It's so easy. It's so dumb. Like, yada 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 on and on and on and what i discovered is like oh no what what they've done is they've taken a lot of the shit that i absolutely despise about rpgs and like removed it completely or like sort of changed it to a point where it's more bearable now and i don't know what this says about me as like a video game player but i'm like i wish there was a lot of things that are in this game that were still in rpgs i wish there was a toggle i could turn on to like activate mystic quest mode <laughs> where like i could do a lot of this shit just because i think it it's you know it adds a layer of accessibility and a layer of fun that i think like you sort of as a as a regular rpg player you sort of take for granted in other rpgs um, but I want to get your opinions on it before I, I prattle on for too long. So Adam, why don't you tell me like, what's your general experience with Mystic Quest? What do you think about it as a game? Like what's, what's up? All right. Well, I mean, this game came out in 1992 when I was a wee lad of four years old. And I specifically remember sitting on my couch in front of the Super Nintendo SNES controller in one hand, glass of freshly squeezed breast milk in the other <laughs> and playing Mystic Quest Legend. I'm just kidding. I actually have no idea if this game ever came out in Australia. I've never seen a copy of it in the wild anywhere, mm -hmm. even though allegedly it came out in Europe. Uh, so again, emulation uh, was what got me to it. And I actually had no idea about any of the backstory as to why this game existed. And I remember playing it and thinking, wow, this is so different from every other Final Fantasy game. What the hell is this? And somehow I managed to get all the way to the end and beat it. And it was the very first Final Fantasy that I ever completed. I mean, people knock it for being simple and stuff. But when you're younger, it really is like an entry level Final Fantasy. And it's one that I actually managed to complete. So it's got that going for yeah. it. <laughs> what about you, Chris? As, as the resident like Final Fantasy-er, what is what is where does this rank like where in the oeuvre of final fantasy where do you where do you place mystic quest i don't want to get too much into my opinions because i think that will lead into where my decision will be at the end of the episode mm, okay so i'm going i'm just going to try and talk about mystic quest more so as a game and i sure. do think there was a benefit i just think that square missed the mark uh mm. in term in terms of sales right i'm not going to say in terms of quality because i already said i'm not going to get into that but mm. You look at a game like Final Fantasy V, and they weren't willing to bring that over because they thought it was too difficult for American audiences. So this is the game that you got that they thought was representative of American audiences. So you you have a very simple game. Perhaps too simple, but I played it not too long ago, and I streamed it on our Discord in our Sunday night streams 
uh, for, for Retro Hangover. And the first half of this game, I would say, is extremely enjoyable. It's 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 almost Zen like like it's not very difficult. You can make it through and you're not going to get a lot of resistance. And that's I think that's something that I, I take for granted in a lot of today's games that because you do get a lot of this. Oh, modern games are simple. And I do think there's a truth to that because there's a lot of hand holding. But you look at a game like Mystic Quest and it's simple, but it also doesn't hold your hand. It, it does a little bit of that balancing because there are times you can get royally screwed by a Medusa or something like that that will just kill you with stone. But then it's like, hey, do you want to try it over again? I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah, fuck Medusa. I'll, I'll tear her ass up. And in, in a lot of <laughs> modern games, you know, it'll, you get the same thing, but they get ripped to shreds for it, uh, but not as badly. It's just kind of like, yeah, it's easy, but it's, you know, it's approachable. It's 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 inclusive. It's accessible for, for everyone to play. But then when they talk about Mystic Quest, it's like, oh, this game is bullshit. Fuck this game. Ah. You know, it's just... I, I don't think that it's it's viewed through a lens either. So when I say Square missed the mark, you have to remember back in 92, the, the challenge was part of the advertisement for games. If you go back to Super Nintendo, it's like, oh, the challenge is here. Or maybe that was Sega. I don't know. They all boasted that shit. But it, Mystic Quest was certainly not challenging. It's not a challenging game. It can get rather tedious later, but it didn't have random battles, which is cool. And once you defeated an enemy, the enemy was gone for good. You didn't have to worry about it. You can just go back through the dungeon, I think, unless you exited the dungeon and came back in. Uh, treasure chests respawned, and you can get as many treasures as you want to. You had locations to grind in case you wanted to get more powerful. Uh, you only had one additional par party member, and they couldn't level up, which kind of kind of sucked. But at the same time, you didn't. that means you didn't have to manage your party member. You only had to uh, care about yourself. So there's a lot of cool things that are going on in this game. Players emote. The, the writing is actually pretty cheeky and, and can be funny at times. It's pretty which, funny, yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, for, for a trans early tra 90s translation, I think it, it's really good. Uh, the soundtrack is absolutely phenomenal. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I'll say it right now before we even get into comparisons. It's better than Final Fantasy V's top to bottom as a whole. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Final Fantasy V has some more standout tracks, obviously. It's Uematsu. But uh, if you're talking about like a complete soundtrack. You're talking about one of the best complete soundtracks on the Super Nintendo, period. Uh, now, as a complete game, yeah, I'll get into that later. Uh, I, I think it certainly has some some issues, but uh, in terms of an introductory RPG, uh, in today's era, I understand in 92 why it landed like a wet fart, especially retrospectively for a long time, but I really think this is a game that you kind of need to look back on and be like, hey, if, if I've never played a JRPG before, would this be the first game I'd introduce somebody to? And, and I don't think recommending this game to someone who's never played one before is the wrong thing to do. Like, go ahead, recommend someone to play this game. It's it's very good introductory, especially retro RPGs. I could see it. Absolutely. I, I wonder a lot about whether timing was the issue with Mystic Quest. Like, because by the time this comes out, you know, obviously you have the first Final Fantasy on the NES, but Final Fantasy four had already released before this. So it wasn't even like this was the first SNES Final Fantasy you got. And so maybe if they had released this earlier, it would have been seen a little bit more positively. I'm not sure. I would argue that the issue isn't necessarily the timing of the release. It's the name that it was released under because it shouldn't be called Final Fantasy. If it was released under any other name, like, I mean, I'm not familiar with saga games, so Chris will probably crucify me for saying it should be called a saga <laughs> game. But if it's called anything else, just Mystic Quest on its own, 
then I think people nowadays would look back on it with a lot more fond memories and be like, oh, remember Mystic Quest? That was a great, simple JRPG. Not, oh, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. That one fucking sucks. I think there's a, you know? there's a point to that, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. That that's a hundred percent. Like the spirits within. You're fucking. You're standing toe to toe with like a pillar of the RPG community, and like as an RPG player, you're going from you know any other RPG you've played to this. Like I could see, I could see where the disconnect is for like people who enjoy RPGs, especially oh, back yeah. then when yeah. like you didn't have the luxury of going on to like YouTube and watching you know Final Fantasy Master sixty nine like play through Mystic Quest before you bought it, right? Like you're going in, dropping the equivalent of like a hundred plus dollars sight unseen for this game, and then you get this. I could see where the disconnect is, but I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna stop it right here. We're gonna take a quick break, and then we're gonna come back and actually start getting into the meat and potatoes of these comparisons, so we can make our final decisions on that. So stick around. We're gonna be right back. Back, baby, King of Games, 1992, Final Fantasy V, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, Final Fantasy USA Mystic Quest. I refuse to call it Mystic Quest anymore. The Japanese title is so much cooler. I wish, like, we had gotten that. Just to make it even more obvious that they think we're babies. Well, they were Mystic Quest Legend over there in Australia, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, that's the European title because they already had their Mystic Quest. They they preempted Mystic Quest with uh, Seiken Densetsu. So... Now we're getting into the real sort of the shit, right? As they say, we got your four categories that we're going to be talking about, and we're going to each pick a winner that we think from each category going head to head into the finale where we'll each give our final pick for who we think should move on. So the four categories that we're going to be talking about, critical commercial reception, personal attachment, legacy of the game, and a head-to-head comparison, which one would you rather play today? All right, so kicking it off with critical commercial reception. I mean, if you've ever listened to the King of Games before, you know that this one usually, usually is pretty no-brainery, right? Like, one game usually sells a lot more than the other. So I, I don't know what I can really add to this discussion. Like, Mystic Quest sold 800,000 copies. Final Fantasy V sold 2.5 million copies in one country as opposed to the world, which makes this decision pretty simple for me. I mean, I'm personally going to give it to Final Fantasy V. If somebody wants to argue for Mystic Quest, I think that would make great content. So, Adam, please take it away. Well, yeah, Final Fantasy V sold 2.5 million copies in Japan. But it didn't sell anything in Australia or the USA. So <laughs> Final Fantasy Mystic Quest has it beat there. That's right. That is true. By virtue of selling at least one copy in every other territory, it is yeah. the, it is the leader. It was more widespread and more available. So I'm going to give it to Mystic Quest. Mm, that's that's a that's a line of thinking that I did not actually consider. Chris, would you like to <laughs> would you like to you know break this tie? So. Uh, yeah, I'm going to break this tie, uh, and I'm not going to I'm not going to go by sales. I, I I'm going to try an, a different approach to this year 
instead of just going by sales, as you probably heard in, in Dune 2 uh, versus Mario Paint. Because, yeah, it's easy to look at the sales and, and say the clear winner is one over the other just by sales. But what I'm, I'm mostly looking towards is the reception in terms of what people actually think of it. Because, hey, look, Cyberpunk sold was one of the best-selling games of 2021. Yeah, yeah was the commercial awesome. reception? Great. Yeah, it's great. Nothing, Commercially, nothing it was received very well. There. <laughs> it, was, it was received extraordinarily well, right? So I, I kind of look at critical and commercial reception as you know what people say about it. And when you go back as far as 1992, you can say what they said about it then and what they say about it now in, in both of these cases. So even in the RPG circle, I think Final Fantasy V is well-regarded today. It's a well-regarded game. If you go back to 1992, yeah, you have these, the aggregate is 66, but again, it's, it's reflective against, I'm assuming it's against the GBA version because the, we didn't have it back then or whatever the case might be. Or like when you finally got your hands on it, it was years later, but you look at 1992, like Famitsu, they loved it. Japanese public loved it. And then when it came over here, it was revered until they played the PlayStation version and like, what the fuck is this garbage? Because it's the <laughs> PlayStation version. But today... Final Fantasy V is still regarded as a good Final Fantasy. Not the best Final Fantasy, but I mean, some people think it is uh, in gameplay wise, but overall, it's not considered to be the best Final Fantasy, but it's still a very, very good Final Fantasy. Mystic Quest has never been regarded that well, either critically or commercially. Like, there's not been any big Mystic Quest fans. They'll sit up here and they will tell you that it's a must play Super Nintendo game. You don't hear it. You don't hear it critically from from major critics. You won't hear it from your friends. You won't. You didn't hear it in 1992 once people played it after playing Final Fantasy 2. Because if you played Final Fantasy 2 and you saw a Final Fantasy game, you played this game, you'd be like, "What the fuck is this shit?" So when it comes to critical and commercial reception, and I'm not just going by sales. I'm going by what people said about it then, say about it now, say about it in total, and in yeah. consideration of the sales. And it easily, in my mind, goes to Final Fantasy V. I, I mean, I, I like to think, first of all, I agree with you. Second of all, I, I, I like that you're taking this approach because I, I think that, you know, you are the voice of the critic, right? Adam is sort of the voice of the downtrodden Western RPG player. And I have taken the position <laughs> of the most oppressed minority of all of them, the shareholder. Of course. Um, of course. And I am giving a voice to the voiceless here. <laughs> Uh, and if you were if you were holding Square stock in '92, goddamn, like you you are a, you are a legend. Um, yes, you are. But obviously, we're gonna we're gonna tip that round over two to one, surprisingly, to Final Fantasy V. Well, hang on a minute. Yeah. I have a rebuttal. Okay. All <laughs> right. Rebut. Let's go. Final Fantasy V is one of the most untalked about games. I know that's not a word. <laughs> In the entire franchise. Now. At least people talk about Mystic Quest because of how big of an alleged fuck-up it was. <laughs> no one really cares about Final Fantasy V in the grand scheme of it. But people know and talk about Mystic Quest because of its failure. So through failure, it has actually succeeded. Whoop. Because all uh, bad publicity is still publicity. <laughs> I'll, I'll get to this part when, when it's the proper time to talk about it with Legacy. But I think you make a good point and I'm going okay. to destroy it. So... Uh, <laughs> I'm, look, I'm looking forward go. to it. Here we go. Somebody quickly Google both right. games and tell me how many search results you get for each. All right. So I don't know how to do that. Moving <laughs> past critical commercial reception. Going into personal attachment. This one, arguably my favorite category because I think it leads to like some of the best discussions. Um, I'm going to kick it off just because I uh, like... 
listen, I'm very new to both of these games. Like, if I'm going by which one I heard of first, absolutely, it was Mystic Quest. Like, I've known about Mystic Quest for a while. I obviously knew there was a fifth Final Fantasy game because there was a sixth Final Fantasy game. So I was like, you know, I'm assuming that I still know how to count. But I never really, like, was exposed to it. I never really played it until, like, much later. Like, maybe, like, a few days ago, I, like, really got into it. That being said, like... As a as an RPG player, like Final Fantasy V opens a lot of doors that like I feel like you don't see like you didn't see a lot back then with the complexity of that job system, right? Like the customization, the sort of ability to be your own player, like make your party the way you want to make it, sort of work the way you want to work. That's that's something for me that that holds a lot of weight in terms of like how attached I feel to a specific game. But obviously, I've played a lot more of Mystic Quest by by choice, eventually, and I really enjoyed it. So I think, like, by virtue of the amount I've played of it, even though I think I would probably, if I played the same amount of Final Fantasy V, like, maybe I'd have a different opinion on things, right? But that's not the way things have gone. And so I am going to give my personal attachment vote to mystic quest because i it's the little engine that could man i fucking love this game now like (laughs) i really i i am a stan of final fantasy mystic quest at this point but chris i'm gonna kick it over to you this is this is rather tough for me because what does what does personal attachment really mean anyway is it like they like you really have this close feeling and attachment towards the game like if anyone insults the game would you be upset about it and i think that's what it really means to me in terms of personal attachment. If someone goes at Mystic Quest, am I going to be upset? Yes. Because I don't think they've really given it a chance. I don't think they respect it for what it actually is. I I think it's easy to say that Mystic Quest sucks. And I think when you say that, I I really am rather dubious if you've actually sat down and and gave it the time of day and really tried to give it a chance. Uh, But if you say Final Fantasy V sucks, does it hurt my feelings? Not really. Okay, I understand it's a game that's not for everybody, but I also think that's because it's not a meme thing to say Final Fantasy V sucks. It's a, it's like more of a thing to say Final Fantasy V is an underrated, underappreciated, very valued gem of the import community. It's like one of those <laughs> oh, snobby so things. I thought you were going to say yeah. hidden gem. You were so close. I was so close. I, I intentionally didn't say hidden gem because <laughs> I know uh, I know made it very intentional. But Dan, now you're right. I missed opportunity. But because uh, it's not hidden anymore. It's not fucking hidden. Everyone yeah, knows exactly. what Final Fantasy V is. But uh, I remember playing Final Fantasy Mystic Quest when I was when I was a really young kid, like seven, yeah. eight years old. And I didn't hate it back then. And I had a good time with it. And the music still makes me really happy. I have it on my running playlist when I go for a run. Uh, I, I have Mystic Quest music on my playlist. I don't have any. No, I have uh, Battle of the Big Bridge for Final Fantasy V, which is Gilgamesh's mm-hmm. theme. So and that's a great theme. But I have three songs, all the, all the battle themes from Mystic Quest because they stuck with me. They're fantastic. And there's just something about the graphical style and, and the way the game is presented that just hits me right in the feels. So in terms of personal attachment, I would have to give it to Mystic Quest because it just does something for me. And in terms of nostalgia, the Final Fantasy V doesn't. I think that's because it didn't come over here when I was seven. I had to play it much later in my life. So yeah, it's a Mystic Quest. Beautiful. I Well, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> should I should I get my broom out, Adam? Is this gonna be a sweep or what are we what are we thinking here? Uh <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna give me a broom so I could fly away on it because I'm a witch. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or a bitch. Um 
That's not how I was expecting that to go, to be honest. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, well, as you were talking, I was starting to think about how I think about these games as well. And to be perfectly honest with you, as much as I love to support an underdog like Mystic Quest, when I think about myself playing the games, I remember more about Final Fantasy V. I don't remember that much about Mystic Quest. I remember enjoying it and completing it and having a good time with it. But I don't remember the characters because who's Benjamin? Who are these other people that join you? Like, what's going on? doesn't matter. But I remember Faris, the genderqueer pirate. I remember pink-haired girl. Why not? <laughs> Maybe I don't remember her. <laughs> <That's it>. <laughs> <laughs> I remember old man and butts. <laughs> butts. He was the main guy, I think. Yes. <laughs> yep. But more than that, I remember the jobs and the job system. And it's the first time I was ever exposed to that kind of job system before in an RPG. And it's a job system that's been replicated in other games, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, in the legacy thing. And I really liked it. And I really liked changing the outfits. So I guess from that respect, I think I have to give it to Final Fantasy V. All right. Mm. All right. Another close call. This one going to Mystic Quest. So we got one-to-one. Let's move it right along to that legacy section you mentioned, Adam. Uh, this one, it, this is always where the where the heat gets turned up, in my experience. <laughs> like this is the one where people usually have opinions, TM, about these types of games, right? Again, like I don't know, man. Like this one seems pretty clear cut in my mind as well. Like as much as I would love it if like every game had like a you know when you died in an RPG, they're like, do you want to try again or do you just want to leave? Like that'd be dope. Like I wish that existed, but it didn't because again, people thought that was for babies and like RPGs are for big intelligent individuals such as myself. And Final Fantasy V doesn't have that problem, right? Like the job system is something that like not only stuck around in Final Fantasy for a while, but also made its way into other RPGs and has been sort of emulated and, you know, worked on in different sort of forms and different RPGs throughout the history of video gaming from that point forward, right? Obviously, Final Fantasy V wasn't the first one to do it. It might not even be the best one to do it. I don't know, but it, it did it well, right? And it sort of expanded on a concept that I think people really enjoyed, right? Like if you if that's your shit, like, if you like going to menus, if you like really tinkering and doing that stuff, fuck, you love You probably love this game because it, like, really let you have at it. Like, it opened that toy chest and was like, fucking go, dude. Like, I'm not going to hold your hand anymore. Like, we've been what, we're on our fifth game. Like, you know what's going on. And, you know, just just by virtue of that alone, like such a such a important sort of mechanic in RPGs as a whole in, in the genre I think you can't really topple Final Fantasy V from the perch here. Though I am very much looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say about it. Chris, I'm going to start with you on this one because I, I think you you have some thoughts. I'm, I'm trying to remember what Adam said at the end of Critical Commercial Reception that I was going to destroy, if he, if he remembers. <laughs> I said... Go ahead. I, I said... <laughs> I said that bad publicity is still good. Good publicity, something like that. Yeah. What's that Any saying? Publicity that. is good publicity. That's it. Yeah, because people still remember it for being a failure. I don't think that's what you said, but I'll roll with that. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> so, in terms of legacy, that was like ten minutes ago. He's going to remember that, I know, right? Because we're we're constantly moving forward here. But um, so if if I didn't address that, dear listener, I'm I'm very very sorry. But here's what I'm going to say about legacy. 
I, and, and no question towards my mind, Final Fantasy V take legacy. And I think that's because Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, its legacy is just trying to be a deconstruction of a, of a more grander experience. It's not trying to create anything new or or fancy or anything like that. It's just trying to be like, okay, we're we're Final Fantasy II light or diet Final Fantasy II. And it's not even really that. But you look at Final Fantasy V and, and you do look at something that's that continues to happen to this day. If even if you want to talk about the Forge Out Fiesta, which I just talked about, where you have, you know, a couple thousand people still playing it to this day in just a modified way to have different ways to play it and have a good time with it. That's fine. But if you look at just the the job system itself that it passed down, no, you're right. It's not the first one that did it. Final Fantasy 3 was in the series. And you have Dragon Quest 3 that had their own job system. And Final Fantasy 1 that you could assign certain jobs and all that stuff like that. But the way they did it has not been as well implemented in RPGs since, with probably the exception of Final Fantasy Tactics. I can't think of a game that has a job system that does it as well as Final Fantasy V. I know if you say Final Fantasy Frankly, X2, people. if you, oh, okay. I thought you were going to say Final Fantasy X2 and I was going to fucking scream. <laughs> <laughs> I do love a dress fear though. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe Bravely Default does it as well. I've not played Bravely Default. So, uh, to, but to my knowledge, I mean, you're talking how many years? 25 years in between Final Fantasy V and Bravely Default for them to finally get it right again? Or get it as good again? I'm not going to say right, because plenty of games have gotten it right. They just haven't gotten it as right as Final Fantasy V did. Probably, hands down, one of the best job systems in traditional JRPG lore. They did it in 92, and they really haven't changed it in any of the revisions they've ever gone back to in terms of the GBA, in terms of the Pixel Remaster, uh, PS1, or any other iteration of this game. And they haven't had to, because it just works. And every other game has tried to replicate it, but not perfect it. So it's it's Final Fantasy V. Everyone's been chasing that game since 92 in terms of what it did towards gameplay. Uh, not towards storytelling, because storytelling is awful. But in terms of gameplay, yeah, it it's it's great and it, phenomenal legacy. There we go. Adam, would you like to close us out on this? What What are your thoughts on this one? I think one of the reasons why they haven't done a job system like that is because after Final Fantasy V, they relegated it to all the side Final Fantasies because it wasn't that good. Hold on, hold on. Um, Before you say anything else, <laughs> no, okay, whoa, oh, no, I'm going to let you continue. I was going to interrupt. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I specifically I specifically said that just to get a rise out of you, okay. so <laughs> feel free to rise to the occasion. <laughs> Fine. Um, but anyway, <laughs> it was good, it was good. Mm-hmm. But you don't see it in other mainline Final Fantasy games. Ten two, uh, you see it in that, but that's I consider a side story. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in any case, thirteen Final Fantasy. Sorry, thirteen, eleven, uh, fourteen. No, I don't count those as mainline really because they're MMOs. Oh, they're only numbered. Yeah, true. <laughs> but who plays those for the story? <laughs> Except for fourteen. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Apparently, you My don't play Final Fantasy V for the story either. So, <laughs> well, no, that's true. No. <laughs> okay. I never did debate in high school. All right, <laughs> Australia doesn't have that. <laughs> that's right. You you solve your problems the old-fashioned way. 
Yeah, <laughs> put him on a ship and send him to another country to colonize. Anyway, I'm going to go with Mystic Quest. And the reason why I'm going to go with Mystic Quest is because it is the first occasion that I can recall, at least the biggest occasion, where Square has made like a monumental fuck up. And as we all know, Square in today's day and age, it's become a habit of theirs. So I think Final Fantasy Mystic Quest has started it off. This is their biggest fuck up. They didn't really learn from it. They had some sweet years from SNES to PS1. And then I guess PS2 was pretty good. But then, whoop, went down the hole. And uh, also, yeah, like I said, any publicity is good publicity. And you don't hear that many people talking about Final Fantasy V. Yes, it has some rabid fanboys that do the four job fiesta which actually sounds like a whole lot of fun mm, and it's very fun i would do it i would do it myself like it's the nuzlocke challenge to final fantasy which is mm. great because that's what it needs to breathe some more life into the game after it's been dead for so many years but mystic quest mystic quest will forever be that game that youtubers talk about to get more listen uh, to get more <laughs> watches on their videos because there's a history there that's really interesting and it's Square, the golden RPG company, making their first fuck up. And now they are no longer the golden <laughs> company. And um, yeah, I, I like to put that down to Mystic Quest. It's their first bad decision in my book. So is your pick. Mystic Quest was my pick. Yeah, I know. You said the first bad decision by Square. I said, so is your pick. Oh, oh. <laughs> I didn't hear what you said. No. He, he's talking about the legacy of every clickbait thumbnail that has that guy holding the sword from the cover and it's like oh, three arrows pointing to him and it's like, did Square almost die? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. That guy has a name and his name is Benjamin. Thank you very much. <laughs> We're breaking Benjamin right now. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. So I think with that, we're sitting we're sitting pretty at uh, two to one Final Fantasy V. Heading into the fourth uh, and penultimate, I like saying that word, penultimate, uh, penultimate. category we're going to talk, talk about before we actually make our decision, which is the ultimate decision. The head-to-head. I love talking about the head-to-head. The head-to-head mm. is like, I, I do. You don't get it because, much. Yeah, I mean. We call that a 69er. <laughs> the head-to-head is is always interesting right especially when you've i mean not in my case but for some of you uh i think it will be interesting when you play both games but it's like what which game would i prefer to play today right and so i think of this in two like very specific ways one is like you know the the answer of like which game i would enjoy playing more and which game i would want to play more Right. Because I think those are two very distinct things and they can they can definitely vary from time to time. And like this is one of those uh, situations for me. The game that I would enjoy playing the most, undoubtedly Mystic Quest. Like I, I have no doubt in my mind that I would enjoy playing it more because I the like I, I suffer from choice paralysis. And like I've already expressed on this podcast, like I don't want the onus of any decision to be put on me. And the job system is exactly that, like fucking magnified, right? Like the sphere grid gives me like cold sweats, let alone like give me 26 options of like what my character could be. Well, what the fuck, dude? I don't know. Like, I, I just want a guy that hits another guy and kills him. Like, I don't wanna I don't wanna think about this any further than that, right? And like that's just never been me. Like I was going to, I even forgot to mention, like I'm currently playing Octopath Traveler, a game that also has a job system, much simpler one than, uh, Final Fantasy five. And I'm always constantly thinking I'm fucking up 
every time I like pick a job for somebody. But Mystic Quest takes all that out of it, right? It's like it's like we talked about before. Like it's kind of zen. You just fucking go, right? Like you have your guy, you go to your place. Then I'm going to the next place. I'm gonna kill these monsters. I'm gonna level up. I'm gonna get cool shit. I get a new sword, a new spell, new attack. Oh shit, look at all these cool pixel effects I get to do now. Like I it's just stimulating my fucking brain constantly. And it's never asking me, like, what do you wanna do? It's like, no, I want you to tell me. You made this game. Like, take me to the next cool place where I get to do the next cool thing. That's what I want to do all the time, right? So that's the one that I'm going to enjoy the most. But from the other side of it, like, which one do I want to play? Like, I wish that I could enjoy something like Final Fantasy V because it looks fucking cool. Like, it looks cool. I want to have a party of, like, a Time Lord, a Mime, a fucking Blue Mage, and a Berserker, right? Like, that sounds cool (laughs) as shit. But I just don't. I know. You know what I mean. Like, I just, I, I don't get it, but I want to get it. Like, I want to be, like, I want to make that leap, but I just can't. Like, my brain does not allow me to. And so it's it's one of those things where I'm perpetually, like, on the outside looking in at watching other people, like, really enjoy this stuff and wishing that that could be me. But my stupid lizard brain is just like, no, just go play the game that like gives you thunder and like you just shoot things with thunder all the time. And that's cool, right? Like buy this battle axe from some lady in a town. This is dope. And so like I, I pick Mystic Quest because like it's like if, if you put two TVs in front of me playing each of these games, like this is always how I think about it every single time. I'm like, there's two TVs in front of me. One of them had Final Fantasy V. The other one had Mystic Quest. One of them would make me cry and, like, have anxiety. And the other one, I could just, like, crack, like, five beers and, like, keep fucking playing all night. And that's Mystic Quest. Like, I don't have to think about it. And so that's my choice, right? Now, Adam, why don't you tell me why I I, I need to, like, start reading books or something so I can enjoy Final Fantasy Well, first v. of all... <laughs> First of all, I love that you said Time Lord because that sort of makes like Doctor Who part of the Final (laughs) Fantasy canon. (laughs) This is a really difficult decision for me because on the one hand, I love grinding out job levels in Final Fantasy V and I can do that for hours and hours and hours. But on the other, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest only goes for like, what, 12 hours? That's not a huge time commitment. And I'm a busy man. I've got a job. I've got a relationship. (laughs) Sorry to rub it in your face. (laughs) (laughs) I have things to do. I'm a busy man. I've got a podcast to run and edit and and do everything. So if I think about which one I would rather play, especially from a time commitment angle, it's definitely going to be Mystic Quest. However, Final Fantasy V, ever since Chris brought up the whole Four Job Fiesta thing, I've been thinking about, hey, maybe I should get involved in that. Maybe I should give it a go yes, because you should. it will. Maybe I will. Um, but then I also think about, oh, then I have to like start the game up, and then I have to play, and then I got to tweet things and get a job, and ugh. But the whole fact that there's like this meta to the game, which is like the Nuzlocke in Pokemon, which I've also always wanted to play, but never got around to doing my own Nuzlocke because it seems like so much effort. So maybe I don't want to play it. I don't know, but. The fact that it was brought up and that I'm thinking in my mind, I really want to give the four job fiesta a go. So if I'm presented with five and mystic quest and I'm looking at them head to head and also should note that I played neither of these recently in preparation for this. I just watched YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. 
because I'm a busy man. I have a relationship. <laughs> Sorry if you're single. Big deal. Uh, <laughs> JK, yeah, which one would I rather play? I've played neither in preparation. I'm kind of leaning more towards... Uh, I've got to go five. I've got to go five All for right. the four-job fiesta. But you thought about it. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's, it's a tough one. No, wait. I've changed my mind. Ah. No, nah, I'm going to go five. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with five. <laughs> Locking it in. Yeah. All right. It's my final choice, Eddie. All right, all right, all right. Chris, what, why don't you school me then and tell me why I should become more enlightened and learn to, you know, love jobs? Look, man, if you can't make tough decisions, that's, that's, <laughs> that's you. That's not me. That's you. But I will say this, cause I, I, I can make moderately non-tough decisions, which is final fantasy five. And I've played, I'm, I'm just giving you shit. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I've played final fantasy five and mystic quest within at least the past two years. I can't remember when I finished mystic quest and I can yeah. tell you this, I will play final, the final fantasy five for job fiesta for as long as it's there. It's just going to be mm -hmm. a yearly thing that I'm going to do continuously. Mm -hmm. I look forward to it every year. I will never touch Mystic Quest again because that the second half of that game is an absolute slog. It's a pain in the ass. It, it, the dungeons go on for way too long and it wears out its welcome. It becomes stale. The simplicity just break. It, it breaks me down at a point. It's just like, I am sick and tired of fighting these stupid fucking monsters that can kill me in one turn. And then the next time it's just hold down the A button and it's everything is just happy, joy, joy feelings. And I have an item that can just restore everything like like it's fantastic and I don't have to worry about shit. And you know what? There is a place for that. There is definitely a place for that. I don't want to knock it too much, but I I just find it way too tedious. I can't go back to, I can play it for the music and I will listen to the music forever because it is phenomenal. But at, at some point there's, there's something's got to give and I, I can't touch it ever again in my life. This could be any game in the King of Games 92. And I would say that over Mystic Quest. It's not just Final Fantasy V. It's anything because holy shit, I can't touch that game ever again. Never, never, ever, ever, ever again is Final Fantasy V. gotten through our four categories final fantasy 5 is sitting on a three to one victory margin very impressive little golf clap there very very nice uh Hooray. Now, let's pop a little party streamers but now we're moving on to the ultimate decision and that is going to be which of these games is actually going to move on in the tournament this is where you know this is where you fucking nut up and you put your shit on the table this is it right so I'm going to kick us off as the host. I feel that's my duty. And also, I don't I don't want to have to make any actual difficult decisions. I feel like the, the through line of this podcast is that, like, I want to put difficult decisions on other people. Um, so in the spirit of that, I'm going to kick us off here. 
you know, I don't know what, what more I can say. Uh, obviously, we've been building up through this through all these categories. I've talked about how I feel about each game individually. Final Fantasy V is such a fucking cool game. Like, it, it's it's really a game that, like, I just never really gave a chance. And the more I learn about it, the more I sort of watch other people play it, the more I sort of read about, you know, the whole, the intricacies of everything that's going on in it, the more I want to play it. Like, it's it's really a developing curiosity. And eventually, I think it's going to tip me over and I'm actually going to sit down and try to play it. Mystic Quest, I'm currently playing and I want to finish, but... I will say this, this is sort of the caveat, is that like I, I'm still sort of in the fir- that first half of the game when things aren't getting extremely tedious. So I don't know what it's going to be like when I, you know, sort of hit that wall, right? Like, am I still going to want to push through it? Is this going to be a game that I finish and I just never want to touch again? And it's, it's, it's sort of that all these unknowns, right, in, in the grand scheme of things. Like, I know that I've enjoyed what I've played of Mystic Quest. I don't know if I would enjoy Final Fantasy V, but do either of those things actually matter in terms of, like, what game do I think is the best game of 1992, right? Like, what game deserves to actually move on and have a spot in in this tournament, um, sort of, and, and battle it out? And in that sense, you know, we've made a lot of arguments back and forth. We've talked a lot about each game. But ultimately, I think what it comes down to is, like, something that Chris said that really resonated with me. Right. And I, and I don't know that he put it in these words specifically, but he called mystic quest, a deconstruction of final fantasy two. Is that, am I, am I misrepresenting you here, Chris? No, you're you're on point. And I think that's, that's something to, to really take into account, right? Like this game was sort of made or meant to bring people, to ease people in to the main course. That would be, you actually got to go and actually play the the mainline Final Fantasy games, right? Like your Final Fantasy 2s, your 3s, your 4s, your 5s, on and on and on and on. And so in that sense, if this is supposed to be the gateway, how am I supposed to think that this is the superior version of the of what is the quote-unquote main course, right? The main game of Final Fantasy V. Now, that's not to say that that automatically makes Mystic Quest an inferior game, but I think it sort of puts into context like the type of game that each of these games is. That all being said, this was still a really hard decision for me. And I know we've all joked back and forth like, oh, shit, like, oh, it's going to be real tough, guys. Like, Mystic Quest. It's hard, (laughs) man. Like, I don't know if you I mean, you guys might just be like, fuck, it's Final Fantasy V. Like, what the fuck are we even talking about? Um, but it is, it is like a difficult decision for me because I think that, that you guys are right. Like Mystic Quest gets a bad rap. Like it's not, it's not a bad game. Like it has some stuff in it that I think like, you know, other games could stand to learn from, honestly, like in terms of like design decisions, like, you know what I, you know what I really hate? And I'm, this is what's really stuck in my mind. I fucking hate getting caught in a random encounter after I've just beaten a fucking boss or something, dying to some bullshit spell and then losing like an hour of progress. I fucking hate that shit. And Mystic Quest makes it so I never have to experience that. And th- that is a whole that is, this is a, a door that has been opened in my life now that I just never want to go back through ever again. <laughs> like I never want to go back. And I know that I have to. I know that that's like, you know, it's part of like what RPGs are, but I wish it wasn't. I really wish it wasn't. <laughs> um and so I really appreciate a game like Mystic Quest for sort of opening that door, right? Because like I never had the 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 
the ability to like play something like this to introduce me to RPGs. And I think a lot of people take a lot of pride in that. Like I fucking did it the hard way, man. I just fucking jumped in both feet. Didn't give a fuck. Like whatever. I kind of wish I had something like this to sort of ease me in. And I think Pokemon was that for me, like in, in a very real sense. Like I think these like little simpler sort of RPGs get looked down on a lot. And I think it's kind of bullshit. Like, I think we really should encourage people to make games like this because not only is it a good way to like introduce people to a genre that they might think is really intimidating, but it also like just opens the door for people to enjoy different flavors of a thing that they might already enjoy. Right. Like you don't know what, you know, you're going to click with or what you're going to end up liking a lot. And I guess all this is a circuitous way of me saying like, I'm going to vote for Final Fantasy V because ultimately I think that's the correct decision. Like, I think that that is the game that sort of deserves to move on. It has it has a much stronger legacy than Mystic Quest does, not discounting uh, Adam's point, which I think is very valid. Like, I don't think a negative <laughs> legacy is a lack of legacy. But I think, like, it, in terms of Mystic Quest's negative legacy and Final Fantasy V's overall legacy as it contributes to like other games in the space, not just in 1992, but beyond. I think Final Fantasy V has a bigger base to stand on as a game that I feel comfortable saying, if it wins, this is arguably the best game of 1992. And so putting that all out there, like Final Fantasy V is my pick. In my heart, it will always be Mystic Quest. I've found a new love. And I think that like, if, if I take nothing else away from this experience, I'm glad that I fucking played Mystic Quest. But Final Fantasy V is going to be my answer. I'm going to lock that in. Now that I've sort of babbled on for long enough, Adam, why don't you tell me what your pick is? I'm so disappointed in you. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you'd go for Mystic I know, Quest. I know. And I, I was this close. It was up to the last moment when I was talking about it. I was like, fuck, I can't. I can't even yeah. conscience do that. <laughs> you know, for as much as we talked about, I'm, I'm just going to backtrack very slightly, but for as much as we talked about the job system being like the legacy of Final Fantasy V, we didn't really touch on the fact that the things like restarting a battle in Final Fantasy Mystic Quest has been brought back in other games like Final Fantasy XIII and more modern games when people were complaining to Square about how RPGs aren't nearly as accessible as they should be. They took some inspiration from things that they had done before in Mystic Quest and brought it into the more modern games. It definitely deserves an accolade for that. I love an underdog. I think I'm always going to support an underdog. But I also don't... Uh, how am I going to put this? But I also can't deny the fact that Final Fantasy V has had staying power even if it is something as small as the four job fiesta, which yes, thousands of people play, but in the grand scheme of it, thousands of people like this little tiny portion of people who have played it before. When you compare that to something like a Nuzlocke where it is, you know, far and wide, uh, a common understood new set of gaming rules. The fact that the four job fiesta is still there means that Final Fantasy V does have a metagame does have a legacy, does have staying power and replayability that Mystic Quest doesn't. You can't replay Mystic Quest and, and impose some sort of self-challenge on yourself because it's too forgiving for that. Um, and Final Fantasy V has somehow managed to find a way 
20, 30 years later to still be relevant enough for people to play on the yearly. And so likewise, I can't in good conscience give it to Mystic Quest when everybody knows that Final Fantasy V is the higher quality game, the better game. And full disclosure, I voted it near the top of my list when we did the rankings. And it wasn't until we actually prepared for this episode that I started to critically look at Final Fantasy Mystic Quest and think, hey, you know what? This game actually isn't nearly as bad as it is. And it deserves some sort of retribution. But the retribution isn't going to be passing through to the next round. It has to be Final Fantasy V. Final Fantasy V is, by and large, the better game and probably the funner game. So... I wish I could vote for Mystic Quest, but I can't. And it probably wouldn't make a difference if I did either. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things where like Mystic Quest has all the personality and Final Fantasy V has all the brains. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like it's the redheaded stepchild that comes to the family reunion that nobody sees very often. And you just feel sorry for because they have like a third ear growing out of their forehead, <laughs> but you still love them. They're your family. They're, they're shooting <laughs> dice and getting drunk. And that's all fun until it becomes two in the morning. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, now, Chris, now that you can sort of breathe a sigh of relief that uh, I know, right? Th- things are going to go your way, <laughs> why don't you take us home and uh, tell us a little bit about what your what your thinking is on this and ultimately who you're voting for? Uh, for me, it's not even much of a thought. When I, when I look at the totality of the situation with Final Fantasy V, you're looking at a game that really brought the series into its own in Japan. And it was already moderately successful at Final Fantasy IV, but it it started to actually pull it, catch up and start to pull ahead with going into the next installment. I don't know if Final Fantasy VI pulled ahead of, of Dragon Quest VI, but it became its equal with Final Fantasy V. And that is a big, big deal that cannot be understated in terms of the legacy and history of Final Fantasy V and what it did for the series overall. Because Japan was the center, and still is the center largely, for Final Fantasy. And if Final Fantasy V isn't as successful, do we get a Final Fantasy VI in the way that it was? Do we get Final Fantasy VII and how successful that was? Because now all of a sudden Final Fantasy has not just a fighting chance, but it's, it's, it's a peer to the greatest JRPG in Japanese minds. And I think that's what the most important thing to me that I take away from Final Fantasy V is. You can say it has the four-job fiesta today and a lot of people continue to play it. You can say that it's a a really fun JRPG, especially among the Super Nintendo, and a lot of people prefer to play it because it's more gameplay-oriented than four or six and is probably just an overall more fun experience when it comes to that. But when you look, when when I stand back and look at everything, is it a good game? Yes. Uh, did it make a cultural impact where it was released? Yes. Did it uh, 17th best-selling Super Nintendo game of all time in one region? That's important because it was never even bundled with the system. You put all these things together and there is no doubt in my mind that Final Fantasy V should be higher than the 14th seed in this tournament. It's just not because most of the people who are voting on this are not Japanese. In fact, none of us are Japanese. So we can't really put that in a perspective that accurately reflects what was happening in Japan with this game at that time. So, yeah, Mystic Quest is going to get obliterated by Final Fantasy V, and it should. But that doesn't mean that Mystic Quest is a bad game. Mystic Quest gets a 
gets shit on all the time because it wasn't Final Fantasy 2 when it came out in the United States. And it never was meant to be. And maybe that's a marketing problem. And you should give Mystic Quest a chance because there are positive qualities to that game. But it's not Final Fantasy V, and it never will be. And it's never going to be a main installment of the Final Fantasy series. It is the redheaded stepchild of the Final Fantasy series. And a negative legacy is a negative legacy. That does not mean that you are the best, most important conquering game of the King of Games 1992. So it has to be Final Fantasy V for me. And we'll make this a clean sweep. And for me, it wasn't even a second thought, a debate, or anything beyond that. But I am happy we did get to talk about Mystic Quest in a positive light. Because I do think this game gets shit on unnecessarily, unceremoniously, far too much. Fair enough. Bravo. And with a 3-0 sweep, Final Fantasy V is moving on, guys. I agree. I'm glad that Mystic Quest got to have its time in the sun. Uh, Unfortunately, because we have eliminated it, everybody is required to turn in their copies so they can be destroyed. Uh, I don't make the rules. This is like this is a retro hangover sort of format. Chris told me about it last minute. You know, that's just how it goes. That's just how it goes. Um, Corner of the market. I'll send you the raw in an email. I'll, I'll take <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, send me a little zip file <laughs> so I can put it in my yeah. recycle bin. Another successful round of the King of Games 1992 completed. Uh, very excited to see where this tournament goes going forward. We have a lot of really fucking good games in this tournament. Yeah, yes, we uh, do. And, uh, you know, they're, we're going to make decisions somehow. I'm glad I don't have to make as many of them as I've had to in the past. Uh, my heart rate is is certainly doing better. That's that's your problem now, Chris. Now you get to sort of develop those those uh, physical ailments as we go forward. Oh no, you're you're with me for this. You're a host. You're not God going away. Damn it! <laughs> I was hoping, like Mystic Quest, I could ride off into the sunset and uh, no, you know, nope. <laughs> run into an enemy and die um but yeah you keep so, coming no, back just like there i know what every time i think what's the what's the line just when i think i'm out they keep pulling me back in just keep pulling you back that's right <laughs> but let's close this one out gentlemen what do you say are we plug and pluggables adam why don't you tell the fine listeners where they can find you and all the stuff you do sure so I am from The Good, The Bad, and The Backlog. We are obviously a podcast. We play a game every single fortnight um, to completion and then talk about it and make some jokes. Made some lovely jokes recently. Good times. <laughs> you can find us at linktr.ee slash goodbadbacklog. We also have a Patreon and we also have a Discord. So come hop in our Discord and contribute because... I love oh, it. Yeah. I love interaction. Oh, yeah. It's my favorite How thing. How much do I have to pay on the Patreon to make you play Dragon Quest Seven to completion in a Fortnite? <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Is that well, even possible? A dollar. Hell yeah. <laughs> We're going to find out, apparently. It's a dollar, but you also have to... <laughs> You also have to get everybody else to vote your way as well. Right. So see, this, yeah. is, this is one it. of those things. Now you're you're giving me decisions <laughs> that I have to make. Like this is work now. Uh, I would have to do that solo. There's no way I can convince my co-host to do that. <laughs> Just as make well. a special, <laughs> like five hundred dollars. All right, <laughs> Just That's for you, right. Chris. What about you? Let's plug some pluggables. What are you up to? 
Well, if you're here, it's because you know the Retro Hangover podcast. So right. thank you. We we appreciate you. And you're probably a patron because if you're listening to this first uh, and, and before it gets out. Uh, if you don't know where to find us out there in the open, we are at linktr.ee slash retro hangover. And you'll be able to find all the links to all of our stuff. We also have a Discord and a Patreon if you aren't so inclined to join that. And you can find us on Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern time at twitch.tv slash retro hangover where hopefully by the time you listen to that we are no longer playing lunar because we have just been playing that forever now <laughs> so head over to twitch.tv slash retro hangover for that and linktr.ee slash retro hangover for all the things you need to find regarding us back to you arnie hell yeah and as far as i go i don't have any pluggables to plug anymore please listen to every show that comes on uh the king yes. of games 92 uh, they're all fucking awesome, and they are doing a great service by agreeing to, you know, be on this podcast and make all these decisions and possibly get yelled at, which is my biggest fear in life, is just random people on the internet being mad at me about my video game opinions. Even the podcasts that do it by themselves. It, especially the ones that do it by themselves. <laughs> <laughs> they work the hardest of all of us. They are the true proletariat of the podcasting world. Oh, God. Uh, but I think with that said... Thanks again for listening. Thanks for tuning in uh, to another episode of the King of Games 1990 Dose. Peace. Until next time, play with your breaking Benjamin joysticks. Goodbye.